the Read to Lead podcast, episode 18. Hi, I'm Todd Henry, author of Die Empty and the Accidental Creative, and you're about to enjoy another episode of the Read to Lead podcast with my friend, Jeff Brown. somebody acts nice to you or treats you well, you remember that. And at the end of the day, no matter how smart you are, rich you are, good looking you are, it's how you treat people. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. I'm so glad you're back for another episode of the Read to Lead podcast. I do not take that for granted, so thank you very much. If this is your first ever episode, I'm Jeff, and this is the podcast dedicated to furthering the passion of reading. My goal is to help you develop a more intentional and consistent reading habit because of the difference I feel it's going to make in your business and in your life when you do make it a habit. Now, each week we sit down with another successful and inspiring author to discuss not only their latest book, but their unique insights on leadership, personal development, career, business, entrepreneurship, marketing, and a whole lot more. Our guest today, Richie Freeman, also known as the Modern Manners Guy. He's got the ultimate guide to successfully navigating the minefield that is your workplace. We'll learn things like how to make a great first impression and land the job, Also, how to handle a reply-all fiasco, how social media can get you hired and fired, and what to do if you encounter your boss at the gym naked. That and more in this new book from Richie Freeman, our guest today on the Read to Lead podcast. But first, this episode is brought to you by Brown Nose Media. Just three more days from today to take advantage of their October 2013 special. Through Thursday, October 31st, you can save $200 on the setup and design of a mobile app for your small business when you mention the Read to Lead podcast or save up to $500 on your new website when you mention the Read to Lead podcast. To find out more about this special, again, ending on October 31st, just visit brownnosemedia.com. That's brown, K-N-O-W-S, media.com. A modern-day Renaissance man, Richie Freeman's humorous and distinct voice stems from his rather colorful career history, which includes uh, not only stints as a professional artist, but a wrestler as well. Whether in the boardroom or in the ring, he's seen manners and etiquette at their best and at their worst. Now, as a result of his experiences, Richie's outlook on modern manners can be humorous, honest, but above all else, they are practical, having walked Many, many miles in a number of different shoes, Richie's tales of etiquette, do's and don'ts, they span a broad category of topics. Now, he is host of his own podcast, the Modern Manners Guide podcast, part of the Quick and Dirty Tips Network, and he's also author of the brand new book, Reply All and Other Ways to Tank Your Career, a guide to workplace etiquette. And he's our guest today. Richie, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, before we can talk about workplace etiquette, uh, we need to get the job interview down first. And chapter one covers job interview etiquette. And you suggest what I thought was pretty fascinating, a technique that I love for, for getting your head in the game on the day of the interview where you pretend you're on camera. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, when you know you're on camera, say somebody's following you or um, if you're at a wedding even or something like that, 
you're you're definitely not doing things that you normally would. You carry yourself a little bit better. Um, and if you kind of have that mentality from the beginning, just as a practice, all the way to the job interview, you kind of come in a different state of mind. Uh, you come in a, in a ready to go, in a game face, in a way. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what can happen. You're, you're sort of the, uh, the star of your own show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. You carry yourself differently. You'd be surprised. Now, you say in that chapter that details do matter. What, what are some ways to make yourself stand out during the interview that any of us can apply? Well, for one, you really got to show passion to be there. Um, you know, just because you finally scored that interview and, yeah, it's the person on the other side of the table that makes the decisions – they want to know that you're excited to be there. I mean, don't just sit there and answer questions yes or no or, you know, hope that your resume it will carry you all the way through. Ask questions. Uh, be engaged. Talk about things that aren't necessarily even about the job. Make conversation because they want to know that this person will fit in. They want to know that the person across from them will all, not only fit in but also fit in right away and that they can carry themselves in new situations when you're put in front of clients or colleagues or customers. So just as much as anything, an interviewer is, is looking to see what kind of uh, fit to the culture you're going to be. Is that what I hear you saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they want to know that, there's, that once they hire you, that there's not going to be any problems or any questions or any doubts. They look bad if they, screw, if they uh, get this wrong. <laughs> Now, I thought the interview sign-off uh, that you talked about and the analogy you made to a first date was, was helpful. Can you expound on that just a bit? Yes. Yeah, so it's, in, in my book, I interview top-level CEOs and entrepreneurs, entertainers, celebrities to get their real-life um, stories to tell me about things they've witnessed as they are stand at the top of the mountain. Everybody else is trying to get up there, too. And one of the people I interviewed, her name was Barbara Corcoran. Mm. Um, you've probably recognized her off the show Shark Tank. Um, she's on the Today Show a lot, and she's a real estate and a successful real estate um, agent as well as an um, entrepreneur and investor. And she said this one thing is that when she had somebody come into her office for an interview, when they, when they said goodbye, they asked, well, when can I expect to hear from you? Did I get the job? And, I, and she said, she goes, I was floored, but I was very happy that they said that because what you're saying is, look, I understand that you're hiring me, but this is important to me, and I have a life, and this is a lot. To, this means a lot to me. I don't want to be sitting by my phone or sitting by my email for the next week wondering. And it shows a lot of confidence. It shows that you know how the process works, and you're ready to step up to the plate. Uh, there was another story. I think it was related to Barbara, and I don't know if it was the same candidate or not, but uh, she shared about a job interviewee uh, coming into the office, and they had an office that was sort of wide open when you walked in, and the person coming in realized that they, uh, because of the way it was set up, they might have been interrupting, and so they asked, you know, should I should I step out uh, until she's ready? And she, she keyed in on that as well, didn't she? Oh, yeah, she loved that. And what happened was um, her office, she said, or it's, it's very small, only a handful of people that work in there, maybe five or six, I think, I'm not sure, but, you know, a very small amount. And a gentleman came in and he felt, he saw the space was, the lobby was kind of small and he asked if it was okay, if he, if he should st wait outside until she's ready. And it was raining out and outside was <laughs> outside in the rain. And she, when she heard that, she goes, I love this guy. You know, I can't <laughs> believe that he actually thought I would make him wait outside. But when you're walking into somebody's area, you know, it, it showed respect 
for the person's property. It should respect the person's space, which mm-hmm. is key. Space, personal space is great. And granted, she would never in a million years expect um, even a rude person to sit outside. But <laughs> her point was that um, he came in, realized that he did not want to inter- that. You know, he didn't want to wait. He didn't want to interfere with anything she had going on. He understood he was there for her time and um, was willing to do whatever it took to give her her space and time. And it showed a lot. And she always remembered that. She said the rest of the interview, she sat there and saw the guys through rose colored lenses and lenses and <laughs> felt like he was great. Yeah, that, that first impression is really crucial. And, and you say in the book, too, that, that, that you have a few seconds, five or six seconds, to, to make that impact. And it's really hard to undo that first five or six seconds, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, again, that's one of the other things that Barbara had said. She makes a quick call on people when they walk in the door. She sees so many people that she has no choice to. Um, but she's right. When you make a decision on somebody, it's very hard to change your mind about them. Maybe they walked in and the, the first couple seconds that maybe the way they looked or what, the way they greeted you uh, or didn't greet you for that matter um, or just the way they carried themselves – it's very hard to ignore something that sticks in your mind that bothers you. And when that happens early on, it's going to be a very, very long mm-hmm. ride for you. Now, the first day on a new job can be pretty nerve-wracking, and, and you cover that in Chapter 2. And I know for me, after working for uh, the same company for about 14 years and seeing a number of folks come and go, to me it was always surprising that oftentimes that new person on day one was not prepared to share a bit about themselves in, the, in that first meeting. I, I just never understood that. What would you say to that new person in their first meeting with all their new coworkers? What advice would you give them? It's funny. I, you know, it's, um, you, you make a really good point because you always see the person like, oh, hi, you know, this is Jim's first day. Jim, tell us something about yourself. And then Jim sits back and he's like, um, you know, I, uh, <laughs> my name's Jim. And, you know, it's, it's like no one's ever asked anybody something interesting about them before. It's, it's shocking. I mean, it's, this isn't a time to tout your resume. This isn't a time to say that, you know, you're summa cum laude or anything like that. You, of course, can say where you went to school and say, you know, maybe I just can't, I previously worked for so-and-so. I'm very excited to be here. You know, outside of work, I enjoy working out. I have a, I have a family. I spend time with my kids. And I'm addicted to pizza and chocolate. I don't know. Something that makes <laughs> people know that you have a personality. You're not just... Um, you're not just there to fill a spot. I, people really want to know that the person coming into the team can fit there. Um, of course, say something that shows that you maybe where you came from, like I said, always helps so they know that you're not just coming off the out of nowhere and maybe that even has something in mind for them too. But it's also something that shows more about your personality. This is your time. to. There's no pressure. This isn't some kind of interview and not everybody's going to come out and hit you with a million questions. It's just a really quick upfront way to say who you are. At the end of each chapter, you have a modern manners guy quiz, which sort of pulls important points from the chapter and helps you really apply those and remember them. And you also have little toolkits. And in this chapter, you have what you call a first day toolkit. Can you, can you describe some of the contents for us? Sure. Yeah. So in the book, I list different ways that you can survive each new situation or uh, any situation for that matter in the corporate world. And one of the interesting ones is the first day at work. You know, when you show on your first day, it's, you're, you're going to be very nervous, obviously. Um, you're new and you're not sure really how the culture works and you kind of got to get involved. So I may, here's a, a quick list of things that I, that, I, that I recommend doing. One is wear a hello, my name is sticker. Now, I know this might sound kind of goofy, but think about it. Everybody in the office knows you're new. 
And when you walk down the hallway, they know that you're the new person. They know you don't, they haven't seen you before, but they also kind of got whim that there's a new person coming in. So have fun with it. You know, hello, my name is Richie. Yes, I'm the new guy. And it just, it breaks the ice right away because it puts people, put a smile on people's face. And it's definitely something that they weren't expecting. And plus, it kind of makes that awkwardness of uh, how do I introduce myself or should I go over and talk to them back and forth. Also, decorate your workspace. Um, you know, you don't have to come in and, you know, put a, you know, garland around or things like that, but you can easily walk in and just put a couple books out uh, that talk about your subject, even books that you enjoy reading in general, but things that show that uh, books are always going because of resources that you're going to use. Mm. You can, of course, put up a picture of your family. Um, if, you don't have fa- if you don't have kids or a wife or a husband, you can even put up one of your dog or something like that. Or uh, a buddy of mine put up his, his favorite baseball player because he had that was his big thing. So there's, there's ways to really decorate your cube that show your personality from, one and from day one. And what that also says is that you're there for good. You're ready to stay and you're ready to play and this is going to be your, your job. Um, and you're not just kind of waiting for other people to help you out. Carry a notepad. And this sounds uh, – people say, well, you know, if I'm just going to go to – somebody calls me over their office, I just kind of walk in. But if you always carry a notepad with you when you go into a meeting or go in to meet with somebody, it shows that you're there to learn something and to take knowledge back uh, or give them something too. And it's always embarrassing to go back and just after you left their office or their cubicle or that meeting and say, uh, yeah, Jeff, I'm sorry, what, were you, what did you say again? You want to say things about what? And had you just written it down? And if you use it, great. If you don't, it's no big deal. Also, find a buddy. Find a buddy. Uh, it doesn't have to be the best friend in the world, but it's always good to find somebody to go to lunch with that day or go to coffee with, somebody to kind of hang out with, and they're going to be willing to embrace you too. This Again, this doesn't have to be your lifelong best friend forever, but it's always good to have somebody that first day. I know for me, it was especially frustrating if, especially if I was leading the meeting, if, if there was someone in the room who didn't have that notepad to take notes. And, and, and as a supervisor, if it was someone that I supervised, even if I wasn't leading the meeting, if someone I supervised was there without a notepad, it was embarrassing to me mm-hmm. as their supervisor. So I, I definitely think that's a, that's, a, that's a great tip. Another thing I wanted to key in on, too, is the Hello, My Name is sticker. And as I was uh, hearing you talk about that and reading about it in the book, I thought of all the times I, I sat in a meeting where there was a new person there, that company I worked at for all those years. And I thought, well, how helpful would it have been to that person if the rest of us wore yeah. those stickers on their first day or their first few days? Absolutely. That's a great point. I mean, you're, you're in, it's, it's a little thing that lets people know uh, that, that you're, you, don't, you don't understand somebody's new and you're making the transition a little bit easier for them, mm-hmm. too. And, you know, like you said, you know, everybody knows the new person's coming in. You know, and you, even if you didn't know that they were coming in that day, you see them walking down the hallway, and it's just a friendly thing to say to greet a person. Well, a touchy subject is uh, Chapter 3. It talks about annoying coworkers, and uh, as I read this, you know, over the years, I've, I, I, I looked at myself in some of these, uh, most of them in the past, hopefully, but uh, I know some companies even whose policy it is to, to fire you on the spot if you're caught gossiping, that gossiper being one of those annoying coworkers. Who are some of the others that we need to be leery of? Yeah, there, there is a wacky, there's, there's going to be a wacky number of characters you meet in your career. And like you said, sometimes you may be at fault of your own by doing some of these, and I am as well. But it's a matter of that person taking it to the other level that makes them have a reputation, mm. um, along with the gossip, of course. Um, there's one person I call the cubicle invader. 
And that's the person that just kind of moses on over to you and they will sit in your cubicle or in your office for hours on end talking about absolutely nothing and just sitting there <laughs> like hanging out and not understanding or not getting your body language telling you, look, I got to get back to this. I really can't sit here and talk about my favorite 80s movie for the next hour. <laughs> it's just not going to work out for me. So you'll find those in your career. And those are always, it's always okay to go to somebody's cube or somebody's office to talk for a little bit. But when you're becoming, when it's a constant and you don't leave and you don't get that somebody's busy, that becomes a problem. Also, I, I call them the political junkie. And I always find talking about politics in the office never works. Um, mm -hmm. Unless you work for CNN or NBC or MSNBC or Fox, some news-related <laughs> network or, or magazine or newspaper, um, it's a touchy subject. And it never, you're never going to win somebody over. People are very rarely going to change their ideas because you brought something up at the, in the office. And it's never a short conversation. They always go long. They get very heated. And I just advise people to kind of take that out of the office space. And there's always somebody there that thinks they know the most and they read this article here and they saw this link here and it just gets messy. Also, this one is by far the worst is the office bully. Hmm. And I talk about this in my book. The office bully is not your typical bully you think of some you know high school meathead football <laughs> player or anything like that. This The office bully could be any age, any gender, and any level in the office and they just happen to push people around whether it's with – uh, their authority, whether it's with their connections. And the bully can really make your life a living hell. And everybody in their career will will be up against a bully. And the bully is not necessarily the boss. Sometimes it is. But um, the bully comes in all shapes and sizes. And it is something that is inevitable. And it's so incredibly sad when you actually do witness it. I, I can't help but think of, of the story you share in the beginning of the book when you talk about office bullies of like the first boss you had and, and the 9-11 incident. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, um, you know, my boss, what, my first boss out of college I talk about in the introduction of the book, he was a piece of work for sure. And it, I, I, the, a little quick backstory, I actually knew him prior going to, I interned for them in college and started there right after college. And when I got there, basically unmannerly behavior, rude behavior, it just started to unravel. Mm -hmm. And my life, was turning upside down, 22 years old, living in Washington, D.C., um, and I was getting taken advantage of right and left by a boss. And during 9-11 hit, I was in D.C. I worked right outside of Georgetown um, and basically across from the river from the Pentagon, really. Hmm. And um, our main road was the road that people took out of Georgetown, the downtown D.C., to get to um, like the Beltway, 495, 95, et cetera. So our street was packed. And he looks at, takes me and looks out the window and says, look at all these people out here. And I said, I know, it's crazy. I, I can't believe you know, what's going on. And he says, you know what you should do? You should go out there and hand your business card out to everybody. And I was, I mean, even being 22, I understood that was wrong. And I, I looked at him and I, just, I said, uh, you know, you, you got to be kidding me, right? And, and he looked at me and goes, oh, you come on, stop it. And then he said an expletive to me. But had I said yes. He would have been more than happy to let me go outside and pitch people things, things mm -hmm. like that. And it's just one of the most disgusting things I've ever had to witness. And knowing that it was basically my call to say, yeah, I'll do it, and he would have been more than happy to watch was it's, – it's sickening really. Well, kudos to you for refusing first of all. Um, at the end of this chapter, you also uh, give us another toolkit for dealing with 
annoying coworkers. Can you share with us some of the tools for handling a bully or other uh, characters that we might come into contact with? Yeah, you know, one thing is that when you handle, when dealing with annoying coworkers, is they all have a trail or trend they follow. So if you can kind of guess when you, I mean, you see the, the cubicle invader coming, you know he's not going to go r- away right away. So kind of, at, you know, make yourself busy. Um, the, the office bully will always tend to kind of push work off onto you or try to make light of or make jokes in your, in your situation. Um, but it's best just not to be around that person. And there's things that you can do just by picking up how the person acts um, repeatedly and kind of be ahead of them that will really kind of save you in the end. Yeah. Um, and I try to tell people, if you could just try to watch how the person acts and anticipate them and work and, and go around that and mm. see it coming, keep your eyes open, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble. Well, it's inevitable that uh, you'll socialize with your coworkers, both at the office and outside the office in some cases. What are some things that you need to be on the lookout for, though? Well, I, I tell people, you know, I have one of the groomsmen I was in, in my wedding was somebody I met at, my, at work. So um, I... You, it's inevitable that you're going to become very close with people, and I highly encourage it to. I mean, well, who wouldn't want more friends, especially people you see day in and day out? Um, the, what happens afterwards, though, is that the people you invite into your social circle, um, it's a big responsibility. You really have to make sure that people understand that you're a friend, and even though you work with them, um, there's a certain level of trust that has to be there. And you can confide in them and know that they're not going to take it back to the office and either rat you out or gossip about you. Uh, that could be about a new job switch. It could be about a person you may not like at the office. So when you have a friend and that, it, that you take outside of the office, you really have to decide and make it known and understood that you are, in fact, a friend, and I'm trusting you with certain information. A social media use uh, at work can obviously be a pretty slippery slope, Richie. In fact, just last week, there was the uh, White House employee who was fired for their uh, satirical Twitter account, I guess you would, you would call it. Yeah. Uh, give us the rundown on how to and not to use social media responsibly. I'm always shocked how people think social media is not their voice. They think that a Twitter account or a Facebook page, they can be the funniest, the wittiest, the <laughs> toughest person on the planet, and they don't under, they don't they forget that it's actually them that's talking. And I'm shocked that people don't understand this. Mm. I mean, I tweet things all the time, but it's nothing that I would never say to somebody in person. And I understand that social media allows you to be a little brave because you know you can be witty, you can send a link, and you could post something pretty quick, and there's really no repercussions. But um, the real repercussions are basically that it's your reputation on the line. So if you're at work and you are sent, and you're posting things that are making you look completely insane or <laughs> radical or rude, people are going to pick up on it. And you just better hope it's not the wrong people that pick up on it. Well, in the final chapter, uh, you lay out your top 25 unwritten rules of manners and etiquette in the business world. Now, we don't have time to, to cover all of them, obviously, but I was hoping maybe we could count down the top five. Of course. Um, so, and these are not going to be in exact order. I don't want to show favorites, but um, <laughs> there. But these are these five. The five that I've uh, selected are, are great. Are great in general. Um, one is from a gentleman named Ken Austin. He's the co-founder of Marquee Jet and also the founder of Tequila Avion. And he always said that you need to make magic. Uh, the quote was basically, think about how you can create magic in everything you do so people can look at you and say, there's something there. I wish I could do that. Mm. It's just a, it, it sounds pretty simple, 
But it's one of those things that um, when you realize you're the person that people are looking out, for, looking up to, or people are impressed with it, it's it's very empowering, and it's something you really just want to strive for. Um, another one is also from um, actor and author Steve Gutenberg. He always said, "Always return calls." He mentioned that um, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how important the person is, but the quicker you return your call, people will always remember that. Um, and he said, and I quote, uh, "The idiots take their sweet time." <laughs> <laughs> and the consequences are inequitative. But um, his point is basically like, look, you got to call people back. Whether or not you're doing business with them, whether or not you like them, at least give them the courtesy to give them a call back. It's the easiest thing we can do. Um, another one is from a gentleman named Rob Samuels, who's the COO of Maker's Mark, uh, which is one of the legendary brands in our, in our country and legendary families. And he always said, value your connections. Um, he talks about how success is not about meeting expectations. It's about exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to great length to connect with folks in a meaningful way, as he said about Maker's Mark. And uh, we deal with each other in our team. It's all about honesty and transparency. And you really can't say anything more about somebody that's preaching honesty in their business. Mm-hmm. And from speaking with him for a long time, I absolutely understood that. Mm-hmm. Another great one is from uh, Neil Blumenthal, who was the co-founder of Warby Parker, a really fantastic eyeglass company. And he always he talked about body language. And he says the body language speaks volumes. And he just said how some of the basics are often overlooked, but you know, sitting up straight, looking people in the eye, having a firm handshake, you know, these are things that are just, you know, things we think about and everybody shouldn't understand. But when you don't see those happen, you remember it. And when you see somebody that actually can embody these simple body language uh, concepts, it says a lot about them. Another great one is from a gentleman named Spike Mendelson. He is uh, he was on the Top Chef, Bravo's Top Chef. He's yeah. a restaurateur. Um, he owns a few restaurants in D.C. And one of the things he says was that make yourself available. And I like that because you know here's a gentleman that created a business um, of serving people, you know, feeding people and, and, and being in the bi- restaurant business. And he always said, he goes, I'm a pretty tolerant guy, but he get he says, I get frustrated when people don't make themselves available in the professional world. Mm. He says a lot of our projects that I work on involve coordinating phone calls between people on opposite coasts. All of them have crazy schedules, but you have to be flexible and understand that work doesn't always happen between nine and five. And it's true. Nothing is always cut and dry and it doesn't hurt to give somebody uh, a little bit more of your time. Also, there was a gentleman named Steve Abrams, who is the CEO of Magnolia Bakery. Mm. He's um, also a very successful builder in, um, in construction, too. And he had uh, his, his motto, basically, is keep it simple. He gave great stories about how people have come into his office, and they sit down for the half-hour PowerPoint presentation. He stops them before they even start. And he's like, look, just tell me what it is I need to, you, you have to say. <laughs> he said, he's, I'm a very quick study. He likes people to be very simple and direct as possible because he says if you overcomplicate things, you're going to lose this interest and you also might be trying to dupe people, which is an interesting way to think about it. I've heard tell that uh, Steve Jobs is very much the same way. I, he didn't want this long, drawn-out introduction. Just just jump into it and tell me the basics of what I need to know. Uh, and as I, as I heard you share some of those, the one I was most, uh, uh, I guess, convicted about is the returning phone calls. I've been so bad about that over the years of not doing that in a timely manner. So thanks to you, I'm going to try to get a little bit better about that and uh, <laughs> respect people's uh, uh, time a little more, too. Uh, before we move on to some other questions, uh, Richie, is there anything else about the book that, that you'd like for us to know or to share? 
You know, it's it's one thing in this book. I talk about manners and etiquette, of course, and it's really on a bunch of different levels. Um, I think my, my book is meant to be it's meant to be actionable advice. It's also meant to be entertaining and humorous, of course. Um, and it's really I'm I'm illustrating manners and etiquette in a very casual way to let people know that look. We've all been there. Uh, being mannerly and being proper isn't this hoity-toity, elitist, snotty kind of thing. It's basically just common courtesy for people. Uh, you know, having ma- manners is basically, I feel, at a renaissance point right now. You witness all these things in whether it's social media or reality TV, things like that, or people just being rude. And I find that that's almost highlighted now. So when somebody acts nice to you or treats you well, you remember that. And at the end of the day no matter how smart you are, rich you are, good-looking you are, whatever you think you are, it's how you treat people. And that can be done at any level. And, and the, one of the things that, that opened my eyes as I jumped into the book is, is that, that etiquette and manners go far beyond you know, knowing how to, to fold a dinner napkin or opening a door for someone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that's what people are kind of, they, people I think are, uh, they feel like because they don't know how to design, you know, they look, you go to a wedding or a big gala and you see those, you see 20 plates in front of you and a dozen knives and forks, you think, okay, this is way out of my league. That's not manners and etiquette. <laughs> you know, that's, that's table decor. I mean, mm. this, is, this is about how we live our lives. Mm. Well, well, if you had to, this is a tough question. If you had to narrow all of the leadership lessons you've learned down to a central theme or idea, Richie, what what would you say that is? You know, in my book, when I talk to all these people, I learned so much from them. You know, that I hadn't known before, and or that I, I want to say that I saw uh, be uh, retaught to me. Also, mm. is one thing is just drop your ego at the door, and I think that when you're able to accept other people's opinions and other people's ideas. At first, you may not agree with them, but just hear them out. It shows a lot about who you are. And people are very impressed when they're not the person you, they think you're going to be very, when they think you are at a certain level, they think you're going to be very egotistical. And when you're not, it really makes them think, wow, that person really wasn't what I thought they were going to be. Hmm. So I always find, drop your ego at the door wherever you go, and you'd be surprised what happens. And also, like I said before, is really giving people time. I read an article recently, and I forgot exactly where, but one of the biggest qualities people found in um, a good boss was somebody that gave people their time. And whether it is five minutes or whether it's a phone call later that night because you couldn't talk during the day, um, when you give somebody your time and you make an effort, it shows a lot about who you are, and people will always remember that. And I think that's something real that we don't do too much because we're everybody's so busy. Mm. And I and it, but what I like to tell people is that it doesn't have to be done right now. If you're busy, that's totally fine. But it's okay to go back and say, you know, Jeff, look, sorry I couldn't talk earlier. But, um, you know, I'm free now or maybe let's grab a drink later or I'll call you tonight. Good, good advice. Now, in that this is a podcast that espouses the role that reading plays in success in business and in life, I have to ask what role uh, intentional and consistent reading has played in your career and in, in your success? You know, reading to me, is, it's, it's been a whirlwind for me. And um, I say that because growing up, I had a, a learning disability and it was very hard for me to concentrate in school. Um, reading was a lot of stress for me. Um, it wasn't easy at all, and I, I really hated it growing up. Um, but I really started to find my own as I came, as I you know got in the later years of high school and also in college too, and of course as a young adult. But you know, being able to find things that interested me, and one book led to another book, to another book, to another interest, to another person, so forth. Um, you know, I read all the time, whether it's magazines, whether it's you know websites, or whether it's an actual book. Um, 
and it, it's it's incredible empowering for me also being a writer being an author um, it's it's something that I admire from other people too so I always find that reading in general is just something that really fuels the mind it keeps me going and as long as it's something that interests me and is always challenging I enjoy that now on the book side or maybe even the magazine side do you have a couple of favorites uh, from the last year or two Oh yeah, well, there's actually some um, some of the favorite in general um, that I have that mm-hmm. I, I think I wanted to point out too. But this one that it's 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 old. It's an older book, um, but it always sticks in my mind. I keep it on my I keep it in my office. It's called uh, "What Should I Do with My Life" by a gentleman named Poe Bronson, mm-hmm. and it's a book about people answering that question. And each chapter is somebody's different story, and people who are who answer the question, "What should I do with my life." And they answered it in unique ways, mm. and it was—it's you know—it's a book filled with dozens and dozens of different stories. I just found it very fascinating. I love his read. Um, also, Mal- uh, Malcolm Gladwell, of course, with Outliers, mm. but also his newest book um, with um, David and Goliath. I'm reading now, and I find it to be incredibly inspiring. I love stories of underdogs. I love stories of people that are. And, or situations or groups that basically defined all the odds and were able to do something unique. That, to me, is just the best stories in the world. Well, Gladwell is one of my favorite authors. I've read yeah. all of his other books. I haven't read David and Goliath yet, but we're actually trying to get him on the Read to Lead podcast as well. So it's good to know that you're enjoying it. Fantastic, yeah. Well, before we wrap up, uh, Richie, uh, remind us uh, where we can find you online, your website, Twitter, etc. And uh, if you've got any new projects coming out that you want others to know about, now's a great time to share those as well. Of course, um, you can find me on on Twitter at MannersQDT, and of course, you can always follow Modern Manners Guy. You can read all my articles and listen to the podcast, manners.quickanddirtytips.com. The website is is part of quickanddirtytips.com, which is a fantastic site filled with advice from all different areas, uh, whether whether it's uh, finance, whether it's medical, dog training, grammar, uh, great, great group of people that have come together. So I was very happy to be a part of it. You can pick up my book, Reply All and Other Ways to Tank Your Career, um, at any Barnes Noble across the country. Just walk on in, say hello, and pick it up. Also on Amazon, too. And um, you can find it online through Barnes & Noble as well. And we found out about you when we had Lisa B. Marshall from the Public Speaker podcast on episode 13. Of course, she's a part of the Quick and Dirty Tips Network as well. And glad to have uh, been introduced to you through her. So thank you. A little shout out to Lisa B. Marshall there. I highly recommend the Modern Manners Guy podcast, and I'm enjoying the book as well. We'll link to that in the show notes. Richie, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We really appreciate having you on. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a blast. Well, if you're anything like me, you still have a lot to learn about modern manners. The new book from Richie Freeman is called Reply All and Other Ways to Tank Your Career, A Guide to Workplace Etiquette. You can find a link to the book on the show notes page for this episode, which is readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash 018. You can also leave a comment there or a question, suggestion, whatever it might be that you want to share. Again, that's readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash 018. I'd love it if you let Richie know what you thought about today's episode and the insights that he shared on Twitter. You can send him a tweet to at MannersQDT. That's for quick and dirty tips on Twitter, at MannersQDT. Finally, with just three days left in the month, we are oh so close to our goal 
of 100 five-star ratings and reviews. I think we're at about 95 or so. So I would ask if you've yet to rate the podcast, if you would do that here in the next couple of days as we try to hit 100 five-star rating and reviews by October 31st. Uh, Ratings and reviews actually help a great deal to keep the podcast visible and findable by new people in iTunes specifically. And if you give it a five-star rating and leave a review so I know who you are, I'll be sure to mention you by name in an upcoming episode as a way to say thanks. Now to rate and review the podcast, you can search for the podcast in iTunes or just visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes. That's readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Want to say thanks to Tony Raz, RevKev55, V to George, Sherry Griffin of the bizbookclub.com, and Jerrigan79, all giving five-star ratings and leaving a review of the podcast in this last week or so. Well, that'll do it for this episode. I hope to see you again next time for the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash readtoleadnation. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a vine, catch me a catch. Matchmaker, matchmaker, look through your 